0: What's up, witches? And welcome to Witch Space. I'm
1: Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today I am so excited because we have one of my favorite witches. I was going to say from the lower Hudson Valley, but just one of my favorite witches, period. And that is Melissa from the Light Club Curiosity Shop in Sugarloaf, New York.
0: We are so excited and grateful that she came to talk to us. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So let's dive right in.
1: And today, I am really super excited because I'm fangirling. I've been a fan of this shop. I've been a fan of this person for a long time, since the first time, well, we'll talk about when I first saw this person. So we're talking about Melissa, and she is the owner of the Light Club Curiosity Shop in Sugarloaf, New York, but they also have an online presence, and we're going to talk all about that. So first, welcome, Melissa. Hello.
2: Thank you so much. I had no idea, fangirl. That's just um, that's <laughs> incredible to me. <laughs> but thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: Well, the first time that I met you was—I don't remember what the name of the market was, but it was in Westchester. It was uh, like a witch's fair or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And that's when I first found out I spoke to you, I spoke to your husband, mm-hmm. and you both said, oh, we have a store in Sugarloaf. And I was like, oh my God, that's not far from me. And then I went to the first shop, which is not even there now. Now it's across the street and like down the street. Right, um, right. Oh, wow, remember- you
2: went to the first shop. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay, yeah. So no, you really have been following me then. So- <laughs> <Okay>. Most <laughs> people don't even you. know about the first shop. That's incredible.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. And that first shop, we were only open two days a week. Mm-hmm. We lived 45 minutes away, and we both had full time jobs. So, what we would do is we would both work like all week, and then I would drive you know, on the weekends, drive the 45 minutes, just open that shop, run it, you know. And then, if I had a class during the week or something like that, I would come home from work, drive 45 minutes up there to open up for maybe one or two people, and then come back. So, it really this shop is really a labor of love. This is our baby. Because the amount of work that we put in, in order to, you know, get it done. And it certainly wasn't for money or anything like that. It was really just because it was something that we wanted to do together. We had just gotten married and we wanted to have a little project together. And it just exploded into what we have now. So it's just, it's so nice that you saw it from like the grassroots, as to what it is now. Because I think if people saw then and see now, they would never know it's the same shop. So, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So that, that means a lot to me, that's great.
1: Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So, okay, so we know a little bit how the store got open, so we did not yeah. even ask that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> one of the things I wanna talk about is your tradition. And the reason mm-hmm. I say this, and this is something that I think is really rare when it comes yeah. to a store that has classes, right. is that. Not only do you have classes for people, but you allow people to come in and observe mm-hmm. a ceremony, take part in it, oh, not yeah. the way they would if they were part of the coven, but still be able to see it. Right. And I think mm-hmm. for somebody who is maybe not sure, is like, you know, I don't know, but I fit in. Is this going to be weird? Are people going to think I'm weird? It's such a great way to go and just mm-hmm. say, just observe it and take it in. And then, hey, these are the same people that can the step up. classes. Right. Exactly. So what made you do that? Was it, was there ever a moment that you were like, afraid, like, oh, should I open this up to people to come see?
2: Well, the funny thing was, is that in the beginning, when I first opened it up, it was really more because, I mean, when I started practicing, there was really nowhere to go in my area. So I had nowhere to go. I had no one to ask questions. I had, you know, a couple of books by Scott Cunningham, and that was about it. You know, it's such, we've all been there. And, um, you know, I knew some, I knew some witches who had been practicing a long time. I had been practicing with like a circle of crones and things like that. But um, I had nowhere to go, no one to ask, nothing to do. And so when we started it, we were just, it was something like I was practicing the moon ceremonies anyway. So I was just kind of doing it to bless the shop because it was so tiny in the beginning. So then I just started um, kind of opening it up to a few people who were regulars. And I said, well, if you want to come in, at this time we're going to be blessing the shop and maybe putting in some intentions for the next moon cycle and so on and so forth. And then word of mouth. And then one night we came in, we opened the shop and there was about 25 people waiting outside. And that's, it was basically just come and, you know, just practice with us. It wasn't even like I was trying to teach. So then at one point I noticed that most of the people who were coming were being bought by friends. They didn't know anything. So we would do it and explain everything that we were doing step by step so it was actually like a class but it was a practical like you stand here in the east you stand here in the south you stand here and we did it like that so then people who were coming in to practice with us were actually getting a chance to and i would have a paper in front of them you can read this as a blessing you can say this you can do this and then after a while i just realized that so many people were coming and they were saying when are you going to be doing the classes? When are you going to be doing the classes? So it's kind of more like it was brought to me. It wasn't this grand plan and it just kind of happened very, very organically. And I think that's why it works because sometimes you sit there and if you think about it too much and you plan it out too much, you're not keeping in mind the people you're working with. You have to allow the people that you're working with to shape their own education because it's a partnership. You know, you don't just teach the same person, you know, all of these people the same way. Each person is going to learn a little bit differently. So you kind of have to know the audience you're working with. So that's why, I, you know, when they come in, I'll even say, okay, um, you five, you're going to stand over here and you're going to be doing this. You're going to be doing this. You're going to be doing this. And people who are new, you're going to be over here and you're going to be standing with um, level three practitioners. And I just section them all off. So it's kind of funny when you come, first come in, I sit there and I just kind of, I'll stare at you for about a couple of minutes and it might be unsettling, but then I'll realize they need to go over here. And then you get a customized ritual. Now I take it even further with the ones who practice with me because we do our own rituals. Like now we just kind of open up the uh, Sabbats to everybody and then we'll do our private full moon and new moons with the level ones, twos, and threes. And those, I take it even further because you know the, the level twos are in charge of this one, the level threes are in charge of this one and so on and so forth. You know, So it's very much a partnership with whoever is attending the circle. It's not just one person in charge and then you're just following it passively because me personally, the way I learn and I think it's from my background and everything like that is that you basically got to throw me right in there and that's the only way I'm going to remember it because if somebody else says it, I'm not going to really remember what happened as much. But if I did something, I will never forget that. And I've just found that that seems to work the best with my manner of teaching and my discipline. That's all.
1: Well, now that you said it, what is your, your background? you just said because okay. of my backgrounds, so I call yeah. like, okay, okay. that's about why your I, yeah no <laughs> this is where
2: okay, this is where it gets interesting because I'm very eclectic, okay now people say, well how did you come to witchcraft and everything like that And then when I say how I came, they look at me like I'm crazy because I started with martial arts I've been yeah, <laughs> so I've actually and it's funny we said that because um, I just had my anniversary for um, starting martial arts. 38 years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I started, Yeah, I started when I was 11. So, yeah.
1: That's amazing. So,
2: yeah, yeah. And this was back when, you know, kids didn't train, women didn't train. So this is where I get the whole sink or swim thing. It was basically like, huh, you want to go in this class with the big guys? Okay, well, here, you know, like that. And it was like that. So, you know, you just, they just threw you in the class and they were like, follow. So that's, that's where mm-hmm. I get it from. So what it usually happens is when you get into some type of discipline like that that has to do with meditation that has to do with um, self-mastery You get a lot of people who are attracted to it who come from many different walks of life so this is how I got exposed to um, Any type of spirituality um, Any type of ascension work with ascended masters so on and so forth and of course the craft came in there Um, some of the very first healing um, energy healing practitioners reiki practitioners were martial artists because reiki is a japanese healing art Mm -hmm. so that's where all of this starts to tie in so you know when you get into the craft and everything and learning how to focus and you've been meditating already for about you know seven or eight years it's a much smoother transition so i kind of have a very eclectic Form because, you know, I'm pulling in all of the spirituality, I'm pulling in Buddhism, I'm pulling in traditional Chinese medicine, I'm pulling in this. So it definitely has its roots in Wicca, but everything else that's coming in, and people will look at it and they'll be like, this resonates with me, because mm-hmm. let me tell you, it's it's a melting pot. I got something in there that you already know, trust me. <laughs> okay. And I think that's what makes it easier for people. I couldn't sit there and say, oh, we do um, Alexandrian wicca or something like that. I definitely can't say that. So I always say that it's more of, a, more of a craft and a spirituality than an actual discipline, you know, something like that. It's not a, um, it's, it's not a traditional tradition. It's a new tradition.
1: And I think that's important for people to hear. yeah. Um,
2: yeah, that it I just, yeah. let the people shape it. I'm sorry, but yeah, no, it's, no, no. More yeah. Like, it's more like the people who are coming in and who's working it have to find their own magical connection. So basically the way we look at it is it's just like, I'm trying to teach you how to turn on all of those switches. So like when you're invoking the air element, for example, you know, that's just, you're not calling in something external. What you're doing is you're awakening that element within yourself. You become the air element. So it's kind of like you're stepping into the, this is going to really date me here. Okay. So, so it's like you're stepping into the phone booth. I know nobody even knows what that is. <laughs> But if you want to know what one is, I do have one in the entryway of my shop. So come visit me and I'll show you what a phone booth is. Anyway, that's a aside. So you're stepping into the phone booth. (laughs) And, you know, when you come out, you are the air element. So when you're invoking that air element, you're actually bringing it up within yourself. See, so it's kind of like um, igniting the dormant areas of your own magic and making them come alive and learning how to turn them on and off at will when you need to,
1: that's where the self mastery comes in. That's basically it. Gemini, you look know you're gonna explode. So I'm like, did you have a question? <laughs> no, I just,
0: I think it's so funny listening to you describe that and then thinking about the way that Witch Space got started because one of the first episodes we did was Scorpio being like, hey, try, try this ritual, let's go and mm-hmm. let's see it. That's it. And yep. it, it's sort of almost replicated in our journey that we we have worked really on being as eclectic as we are and not mm-hmm. feeling like you have to be sort of exactly. stuck in one path and being allowed to explore and bring in from other places. And I just kind of love that like that's what's going on in the lower Hudson Valley, oh, kind yeah. of like this energy is – spread between all of us.
2: Yes. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, I mean, this is going to um, sound a little odd at first, but I think that the pandemic was actually very good for this stuff, for people finding their own path, mm-hmm. you know, because what it did is if you notice, if something wasn't real by the time, that, by the time the shutdown was over, it didn't last. Mm-hmm. But if something was real, it exploded. Yeah. Okay. So like your podcast exploded. Um, it really did. Come on. Thank you. Okay. Um, anything else, you know, just think about anybody that you were associated with or something like that. I, we were about three times the size by the time the shutdown was over than when it started. Which is kind of insane because we weren't even open it's just that you know then we expanded our online presence. online classes started all of this stuff happened. I started doing um the uh, the live videos, which I just did that because people had nowhere to go and nothing to do. Mm-hmm. you know so I was like, all right, well, this is a good way to get some people to practice who haven't had a chance and the next thing I know, people are listening to me from you know they're they're saying. Um, can you ship out, you know, internationally because you only ship domestically and we're out in um, Australia or something like that. I couldn't believe people were watching me in Australia. And I mean, regularly. So, you know, that's why I kind of what happens is when you get something like that, something extreme, it really shines a spotlight on what everybody's doing. And what did everybody start to realize? Your own personal spirituality is important. And if you don't have that foundation to build off of, nothing else matters. Yeah, That's it. And that's why people are coming in. They don't even know why, but they're coming in. But it's kind of funny because you get that split. They either go way this way or way the other way. I mm-hmm. get people who are afraid to walk past the sidewalk of my house. They will oh, cross the street. <laughs> or I get people walking in who have no idea why they're there and they just felt the energy poke them in so I always say that our shop is like a platform nine and three quarters, keeps right. the muggles away, pulls in <laughs> witches and wizards. Yeah.
1: So. so what gave you the idea this? Well, another thing that you do that mm-hmm. I haven't heard of anybody else doing that I love is the magic bar. I don't know if you yeah. still do that because of lockdown. Okay. I know that was something yeah. that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us what the magic bar is? Because I just oh, think it's yeah. fantastic.
2: Okay. Well, um, because we make so many of our own products, Okay. I just, um, I got to the point where it was just, um, you know, I was making my own stuff and, you know, you get into like working with wholesalers and everything. And uh, the whole reason why I was making so much of my own product is I couldn't find a wholesaler that made what I wanted. So I was just like, screw this. I'm going to make it myself. Mm -hmm. Like that. So every time I would get frustrated with like uh, just somebody I was buying from and I said, do you have this? And no, we don't have that yet. So yeah, I'll make it myself. So I started with that. And then what would happen is every once in a while, I would get somebody who would come in and um, they'd see something I had, or I'm just kind of making something in my hands. Because remember, I was going back and forth between my house and everything. So I was always pulling something out of my bag and just mixing it up on the spot, and throwing it on the shelf. So somebody, I remember one person came in and they wanted the spray, but they didn't want any lavender in it. So I was already making the spray and everything like that. So I just, you know, I was throwing it together and everything, and I just gave them the one without lavender in it. And then I realized, I was like, you know, there's probably a lot of people who are allergic to lavender who would like it custom blended. So I had a few people who were willing to come in and we just started with having a little list of things that, you know, like a spray, a spell kit, a candle, if you want a candle carved or something like that, I could do that for you, you know, and they would come in right up to, they would basically belly up to the bar, tell me what was going on and we would decide what they needed. Um, You know, something like crystal sachets, anything like that. Well, what it turned into, um, it got so popular. It got to the point where it was hard to do something that was very custom, like -hmm. on the spot. But what a lot of people like to do is they would buy something like they would, maybe they would purchase a chalice or something like that, uh, a broom, and they wanted it blessed. And they would bring it to the back and we would do the whole, and I would explain to them how to bless there, you know, especially the brooms, you know, and then we would anoint the broom, do the whole thing. Uh, this is how you do it, and then you're going to take it out, and then you, you know. And I'm always big on giving a name, you know, so on and so forth. You mm-hmm. know, put it out there, and uh, it got so big that I would have like a waiting list of people who just wanted to learn how to bless something, or um, or they would buy like a um, like a little mojo or something like that, and mm-hmm. or, or a pop, anything, and it was just basically what the person needed at the time. And I could still do custom orders and everything like that. It's just that um, I'm at the point now where I'm, I don't really have the time. Mm-hmm. I wish I did. I would love to, but I can bless anything. If I'm in the store or something like that, I got no problem pulling you in the back and showing you how to bless that thing because that's something I think everybody should know. So it's really just as educational as it is. Like I make something for you because it's always – I'm going to do this for you, but this is why you need it. And this is Mm -hmm. what you use it for. This is how you do it. So on and so forth. We actually want to start doing videos as well on that. I, the very first one I did was on um, our new year tradition. Um, We ended up moving into this house when we were finally able to purchase it like the day before new year's and So I did a huge on New Year's, I did a huge like saging of the entire house. And I had, I came up with this whole ceremony and every year it just gets bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. So I started out my very first video was I got on and I told everybody, this is a good time to bless and cleanse your house. And then I told the story of how we had gotten our house and that whole thing, why we do it at this time of year and how I do it. So I explain the whole thing, you know, how to pick out this, how to do this, how to do this, make sure you're using all four elements, not just your stage. Everybody just wants to use sage; They don't want to use the other stuff. They don't realize that you want all four directions,
1: mm-hmm. what you're
2: doing and why. And then, you know, I'll give a little example. Like I'll show the room, that particular room and they'll be like, all right, now, yeah, I got to do the rest of my house and I'll see you tomorrow when it's all blessed. And then the video went off and I looked the next day and it had like, thousands of views, you know, I mean, you know, just for us, that was a big deal. Like 2000 views was a big deal the next day. It was just huge. So I realized people need this. And that's what ended up developing into all of the videos that we do today, which actually started during COVID. It's pretty much anything that we do is designed to educate. Because if it doesn't have that kind of weight to it, they don't need it. If you're not connected to it, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. You have to be connected to it. You have to understand it. People will come in. They wanna, I've had people come in asking me for Moldavites because they saw it on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And one girl came in, I said, what do you need it for? She goes, well, it helped my sister a lot. I said, what, did, what was it going on with your sister? She goes, I actually don't know. So I said, so you don't know what it helped her with? She goes, yeah. And you know, she just realized, she's like, oh my God, you know, I just said, <laughs> I'm coming in and asking for something. I have no idea what it does. I said, well, you obviously need help with something. I said, what do you need help with? And she goes, well, she's says, you know, just anxiety, things like that. And I said, well, when you came in, I said, you looked at the crystals and you were looking for moldavite, but one of them caught your eye. Okay. And which one was it? And she goes, the malachite. Now, basically... What she had said—the issues with her heart and the issues with anxiety—it was the perfect choice.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It was the absolute perfect choice, and I just wanted to show her. I was like, "You don't need to, you know, somebody else's cure. You need your own cure." All right. So now that you know Malachite, I said, all right, here's, you can look it up. I gave her a little book to look it up in. I said, read it. I said, does this resonate? She goes, yeah. I said, well, <laughs> by the time she left, she had bought a Malachite bracelet, a Malachite spray and everything. She went crazy. I, I was just trying to sell it a little rock. just to make sure she <laughs> had it But by the time she left, you know, she knew that crystal very, very well. Like she had a working relationship with mm-hmm. it. So she knew what the next step was because if you don't, that rock will go in your pocket, you'll go home, you'll empty out your pocket, you'll forget when you bought it and why, you'll forget what it does, and then you just have a pretty rock that is not activated at all. See, I, she will I never forget. Yeah, she will never forget. What about How many of us, you know, go home and you see all these crystals and you're like, I have no idea what that is and what I bought it for. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times that has happened. And I would rather have only one rock that I know exactly what it does than to have 25 and only know about what a third of what, what they do. You know, it's just, it's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. so instead of having all of these, you know, lovely little crystals that you're not gonna work with, you have to know, you have to understand. So it's, that's why the education is everything. And this is why stores, I honestly feel like they have a responsibility that you have to, you're not just there to sell product, you are there to educate because a spiritual store is different than retail. It's not retail. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're taking, you know, basically a two, tu- you know, you're being a tutor and you're being a salesperson at the same time. Okay. And you have to know a, an even balance between the two, because if somebody walks in and you're just trying to sell them something, they know that okay. they mm-hmm. know it immediately. It's not authentic. You're going to leave. Okay. But if you're there to show them and make them understand, then you not only have a customer, you have a student. And there's a big difference. That's a relationship. And that's what, that's the responsibility that we all have to be perfectly honest. And that's what you guys are doing with podcasts and things like that. People are listening to this. They're hearing this. It's making connections with them. You know, this is what you're doing. And this is why it works so well because you started it out. You just wanted to help. It was an authentic reason. Okay. It wasn't anything like you just wanted followers or you wanted this or you wanted that. And that's why it will last. And that's why it will continue to grow because it is truly magical. Oh,
1: yeah. Thank I you. Just, oh like, my God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's just like, but that's what magic is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you take something like, and you multiply it and now you have a ton of followers. Well, that's magic. Okay. That's not, that's what that is. Your magic is basically these podcasts this is like one of your most powerful things you know for me it's teaching for me it's classes and the shop is kind of a vehicle for that because Mm -hmm. people will come in looking for something but they don't realize that what they're looking for is guidance
0: yeah
2: you know the product is secondary
0: i that this is a little bit of an abstract question i guess but not at all you've made (laughs) a really good point here that like a lot of people are getting involved and looking for a mentor or a teacher Uh and very like, especially people will reach out to us and be like, you know, there's nobody around where we are Uh as a person who is able to touch so many lives and be a mentor to so many people for you, what's the Uh best part? What makes this so worthwhile and how can people find (laughs) people who are genuine? You know, what is it that kind of keys them in to find someone more like
2: you? Mm. Well, personal interest. You know when uh, you know you know when somebody's talking to you or they're giving you a line. Mm-hmm. Okay, every woman knows if they're getting a line or not. Okay, <laughs> we've had enough practice yeah. with that. You know when you're getting a line. You know when somebody approaches you and they've given that line to like ten other people before. But you know when they when you can tell that they're asking you questions about you. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not telling. Okay. They're asking because I've noticed that um, and I don't want to make a generalization here, but sometimes when people get into um, getting more responsible for their own spirituality, if they haven't really addressed a lot of their own issues then what's going to happen is then they get into this platform or something like that. And it's really more about their ego than it is about reaching the other person. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you, you know people. So when the person talks more about themselves, and is not asking you any personal questions
0: mm-hmm.
2: and is not really getting to know you, that's a dead giveaway, okay? Because mm-hmm. teaching is not a platform for... What's, what's the term I'm looking for? And I, I, I'm trying to be diplomatic here. Um, teaching is not a platform for your ego, okay? Yeah. Teaching is, a, is basically a way to connect with others. So the first and foremost, you should see if the person's trying to connect with you. If you don't get that feeling, they're going to be talking to everybody the same way as they are talking to you. And then if they are doing that and they don't really connect with you, then they don't know how to teach you because everybody's different. Okay. Now, um, the way I do it is I actually, um, I only open up my programs once a year. So right around, I, I recruit basically from September through Samhain, okay? And uh, actually people start letting me know in August as well. So mm-hmm. I can like put you on the list and everything like that. But see, I'll take you through the whole year in a day. So I started at, you know, Samhain, the new year. Mm-hmm. And then I go through an entire year in a day. And I don't like to take people in the middle of it because it just, you know, with that intense training, it just doesn't seem to work. I want right. you to be moving with the seasons and so on and so forth. But what I will allow is I do, um, I do offer mentoring like one session and that way you can try me out and we see if we fit. Okay. And I've had some people do it like a few times because they want to get like, um, kind of a jump on the training. So they've had like three or four mentoring sessions with me and then October hits and then boom, they're in the program and they kind of already know what to expect because Mm -hmm. they've been working with me for about four months. Um, some people will take, you know, students in at any time, but see, for me, it's just, uh, I want the commitment. Yeah. I, I would rather have you all working together and experiencing everything at the same time because I don't think it's just the one-on-one with me. I think it's important to have your tribe as well mm-hmm. and to have other people to bounce off of who are having the same experience as you and so on and so forth. So that's why I'll just, you know, I'll open it up and I'll have it on the website. I'll mention a few times on lives, but I don't go too crazy with it because I'm not trying to pull in just anybody. If you're meant to work with me, you'll hear me. Yeah. You'll find out about it. You'll contact me. It's, um, I, I actually make it a little tough because that's from my martial arts background. I was like, yeah. you, you, you know, you have to get, you know, you better be able to put up with me. All right, because I'm not I'm not always the easiest. You know, I'll sit there and I'll be like, you gotta do this, 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 and this. So, you know, I wanna make sure that I don't have to chase you down. You're gonna step up and be responsible for your own education. Absolutely. I don't have to spoon feed you. I don't have to, you know, this is somebody who really wants to learn. Oh, you wanna learn? I will give you plenty, but you gotta show me that you wanna learn. You know, this is not just an aesthetic. Okay, there's um, you don't want to just be a witch during October. Yeah. okay it's it's not because it's cool or it happens to be in right now it's something you have to want to change your life and if you're not ready to start changing and transforming your life and start opening up to find out who you really are then you may want to go a different route. I'm not saying I'm the best teacher or anything like that. I'm just saying that this is basically what I'm looking for because I'm looking Mm -hmm. for somebody who just wants to be able to look back at the end of the year, study and realize that their life is completely different. And why? Because now your magic is awakened and you can take it in whatever direction you want. Yeah. Okay. So it's not just about what I tell you, what are you attracted to? I have people come in who work with angels. I have people who have gone through shaman training. I have, I mean, all different disciplines. And I have, if you could see uh, my level threes who are about to become priestesses, they are all so different from each other. It isn't funny, but they do have that one thing that really binds them together. You know, as they all have that very similar perspective, but they are all very much their own witches. Mm-hmm they're all very unique. So, and, and I can learn from that. So we're all teaching each other at that point.
0: When, with your practice, the way it developed, did you start out kind of solitary working by yourself and then yeah. develop into this big community?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I started out, um it it was interesting i didn't even realize i was like the last one to realize that i was um like a like a high priestess it was it was the funniest thing Mm -hmm. i had been practicing solitary i have this thing because and it it comes from martial arts it's like you're not even allowed to teach somebody unless you've been practicing for at least 10 years Mm -hmm. so i always double everything so you know so i because when i finally opened up my school or something like that you know my karate school you know i had been training so long and everything you know it was just a weird thing because females didn't teach at that time
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and I was only 25 when I opened up my school so no 22 sorry I was only 22 when I opened up my school so you know people were coming in and looking at me like I was crazy and stuff like that so I knew that I had to really be very knowledgeable Mm -hmm. because they were going to judge my face they were going to judge my age So the same thing came with the crap by the time that I really had opened the shop, I had been, you know, solitary practitioner for like 25 years at this point when I had the shop going, um, all of a sudden, you know, and I was just doing the little ceremonies and stuff like that. And all of a sudden people started, um, coming to me and saying they were sent to me and it was because you know, there was a much larger coven in the area, but they didn't have enough room to take any more members. So the high priestess was sending them to the other high priestess, the only other high priestess that she had a lot of confidence in. And it happened to be me. And I was like, I didn't even know I was a high priestess. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. That's, that's a, that's new, you know, it's just, <laughs> but I was doing, you know, I was already doing it. Yeah. So, and that's basically the way it is like, um, in martial arts when you become a master by the time you're somebody calls you master you have been acting like you have stepped into that role mm-hmm. and you're usually the last one to find out that you're a master it's the same exact thing so or a shaman you know when you're a shaman you know you don't go walking around saying you're a shaman or something like that it just is so by the time you know people start coming to me and saying oh you're the high priestess and everything and i was like oh, okay well that's new and um and every time I did anything, any type of divination or something like that, I would be playing around with something. I was like, I, I don't know about that. And I pick up a tarot deck and I flip it and I'm holding the high priestess. And I was mm-hmm. like, like, it was screaming at me. So finally I was like, all right, I guess I'm the high priestess. Let's see. Let's do a friggin' ritual and see if anybody shows up. And I had a waiting list. You know, I had like 50 people came
0: mm-hmm. that,
2: I, and I did not advertise it at all. And there was still a waiting list of like 10 more. And I, I had to cut it off because we just didn't have the room. So. At that point, I realized, okay, the way I am doing it and the way I am breaking it down is different than what most people are seeing. Mm -hmm. And they were asking for more. I was only working with a very tight little band of people who were helping me run the shop and everything. And that was kind of a little coven, but there was just constant drive for more. More people were coming in. They were asking lots of questions. I just, I couldn't accommodate, you know, I I would do a ritual and afterwards there would be a line of 20 people wanting to talk to me. Mm -hmm. So after a while I said, all right, time for classes so it was always like i was the last one to know always and i'm still the last one to know i still don't know what i still don't know what the heck i'm doing i think that's a sign of um sort of starting to be on the right path is the -hmm. second you admit you have no idea what you're doing (laughs) because you're constantly expanding yeah the moment you think you've got it you stop learning you have to constantly,
1: yeah, because yeah. You, know,
2: you, you walk up to somebody and they say they know what they're doing and they're going to fix you and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. They don't know what they're doing because they're not open to learn. You cannot be a good teacher unless you are also a student, because then you don't know how to relate to a student unless you've been one, unless you are one, unless you will always will be one.
1: So oh. Perfect. <laughs> My favorite. And sorry, it's a little. I'm a little soapboxy
2: with this because I feel like um, too many people just kind of sit back and they're not. They're not expanding. I notice what? like um, when I'm doing level threes, especially, it's just like I have the time. I will change the curriculum the night before because I just start channeling something, mm-hmm. and I will have all the notes. And at 3 a.m. I'm dumping them and I'm writing up something that's just coming through clear, like I'm not even thinking about it. And then I'll post it and I'll throw it on the group page because I always give them the notes before the class. Mm-hmm. And I'll actually have to ask the students, I'll be like, are the, is, are the notes coherent? Because those were straight channel, that was all automatic writing. And they were like, yeah, yeah, it was. Okay. And, and I always hear, that was exactly what I needed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because I'm not teaching, I'm just kind of Drawing it at that point, I'm just kind of the uh, the funnel and bringing it through. So whatever is needed at that time comes through, and then we all get to learn it. And I'm familiar with it, of course, because you know it has to be in me somewhere. But it's um, it's a whole new way. I'm so grateful to my level threes because um, what they're helping me create right now is just incredible, absolutely incredible. And um, I'm not really seeing it being taught anywhere because it's just such a blend of so many different things and it's just constantly changing. So um, it, it just, I like, I can't wait for my next class every time. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited like it's my like I'm taking the class I'm just as excited as everybody else I'm never bored I will go off on things just like this I'm like hey what about this what about this you know (laughs) and then it's just constant and then at the end it'll turn into this big discussion and everybody's talking and shooting in ideas and stuff like that and you always have that one student who writes everything down Thank God. Mm-hmm. There's always one. Right. And and she's sitting there type, this is great. This is gonna look great in the book of shadows and everything. And and everything. And thank God she's writing it down because I'm also a Gemini, so I'm all over the place and everything. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, so I need that. You know, I need to have other students in there who are like mm-hmm. helping to anchor me because I'm teaching and learning at the same time. Typical Gemini. <laughs> yes.
1: yes. What I'm hearing throughout everything, whether it's the classes or whether it's the magic bar or whatever it is you do, it's all about not just education, empowerment. It's about empowering these people, no matter what level they're in, to take charge, to to do the things that they can do for themselves. And that's also very rare. You're not going to see, er people don't teach like that. So that's I'm surprised. Very
2: I just, I, I, I can't see it any other way. And it's probably, again, goes back to my background. You know, I had to fight for every little thing. I mean, I was, I broke the glass ceiling in so many ways on that. There were nobody who trained. I was the first, I was the youngest that was ever promoted to master. And I was the only, first female who was ever promoted to master under my instructor. And they did not make it easy at all. And I'm kind of glad because it brought me here. So, um Having to fight for every little thing gives you, you know, you, you have to very really be confident that this is what you want. This is what I want to continue doing. You cannot really have any question. So when people do come in, a lot of times they will, um, they'll ask me to choose something for them or, you know, choose a crystal for me, choose this. So I get them to st- I start them talking about, well, what do you, what do you need it for? I don't like to do that when people ask me to, because I feel like they're just, they're giving away their power. So they want me to choose a crystal. I said, well, what do you need it for? And everything like that. And then I get them talking and everything. And then, you know, what what were you thinking? You know, and then I pull it out of them, Mm -hmm. you know, and then after they leave, there's always like one of my uh, other, you know, students is usually in the shop and she's like, you totally Miyagi'd them, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Because you, you know, Everybody already has it within. It's already there. When you're teaching somebody, you're actually not giving them anything they don't already know. You're just peeling away layers of doubt, um, basically the way that we have been socialized—a um, family that you grew up in. You have, you know, you're taught to question yourself so much. So basically, what you did is like you have a switchboard of all of these different. Types of knowledge and magic and all these things you have and the way we're socialized the way we are raised it's not it's not necessarily on purpose people don't know any better you know because if they don't have their own magic they don't know how to give it to somebody else so those switches go off and then what happens is and when you peel away a layer of something you give them a little bit of awareness being all of a sudden the switch goes on they come back i'm having these dreams about blah blah blah, blah. it's already there see so basically you're just waking somebody up. You're just taking a dormant switch and you're making it active. That's all it is. Because if you start thinking that people are like, you're more magical than anybody around you, you are not being honest with yourself. See, the whole idea is if you're that magical, you can make everybody around you just as magical as you are. That's when you're powerful. Not when you're doing more than somebody else. When you're getting everybody else up to a higher level than they were before you came in the room. That's a high priestess. That's power. I don't have to do more than you. I don't have to do these crazy things. I don't have to look a certain way. It doesn't matter. But if you feel better after having talked to me or been in the room or something like that, and then you're able to take that and take it into another room and do the same thing that I just did for you, there you go. That's power because okay, now you're just spread. You're basically um, infecting everybody <laughs> with magic. You're infecting everybody with awareness. You know, let's let's do that instead. Let's let's bring everybody. Let's make everybody more confident. Let's make everybody more powerful. Let's make everybody stronger. Because then your world gets better.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: This is this is self-interest here, if you think about it. You know? <laughs> right? If everybody cleaned up their own mess, we wouldn't have any messes at all. And that's basically what magic is, is it's um, responsibility, responsibility for your own spirituality. You're not leaving it up to somebody else. You're not letting somebody else tell you what to do. What you are doing is you are working with other people. You are inspiring and being inspired by others. And you're you're letting your magic out of the box.
1: That's what it is. So what happens after level three? Do they stay with you? Because you say that since they're all so different, or do you Mm -hmm. encourage them then to like go off and do what? Kind of both,
2: kind of both. Basically what happens is um, by that point, um, it's funny. I've noticed this is that um, my level threes right now, they're a little sad because we're coming to the end. And I can tell they already don't want to go. So they're like, well, I'm going to be assisting you with classes. I was like, fine. Okay, that's perfectly fine. There's one of them who um, she's actually, um, she channels and, and she does a lot of automatic writing. So she always gives me all of the invocations for all the rituals. So basically, um, I want her in class kind of showing people how to do that, how to open up that ability, how to explain it. Um, I have some of them who are just fantastic at organizing and now they're stepping up they're becoming more involved. So it's just basically a platform for, because as the shop gets bigger and bigger, as the classes get bigger and bigger, I need their help. So they don't really go anywhere. They just start teaching classes or they start assisting or they start managing or they start doing this or they start doing that. That's basically how I'm kind of, I'm kind of educating and creating my own staff, really. (laughs) But some of them go on and become mentors, become teachers. A lot of them become Reiki masters. They have flourishing practices Um, it's basically whatever the student is into is where they go you know but they are they always have a home here you know i've had people who've had their own you know they've started their own circles and they've had their own covens going for a couple of years but they always come back for rituals so you know but if even if i never saw them again as long as they are where they want to be mission accomplished Mm
0: -hmm.
2: that's all because each person is different And plus I do so many classes that, you know, different varieties that, and it's not just level one, twos, and threes. So even if I do like a level, like they finish a level three, then when my chakra course comes in, they usually dive into that or something Mm -hmm. else because I'm constantly learning myself. So I'll end up throwing a class out there that I haven't taught before. And guess who's the first ones to take it? Mm -hmm. The priestesses.
0: So For our audience, Mm -hmm. Because we've just been talking about it so much. Can you give us just a rundown of how um, the progressions work, what the class structure looks like, especially for those Mm -hmm. people who are listening that are in the area and might be interested? Oh, yeah. What is level one, what is level two, what is level three?
2: Yeah, mine is very different than most people. And um, so what I do is I always offer both an online and an in-person option. Yeah, both. So I Mm -hmm. Zoom all of my classes, but I'll do it like they'll be sitting around me in person and everything. Mm -hmm. So if somebody can't make it in, because to be perfectly honest, it's a good idea. Even if I had all in-person students, you know, in January when it's snowing, you want that option. Or you might want to watch the class more than once. Mm -hmm. So I structure it on, um, we actually have a private um, Facebook group. And what will happen is all of the material will get posted there. I also have it on my website for those um, because some people just don't want to be on Facebook, which I totally understand. So there's a private group. That is also on the website as well. You only get membership to that when you're enrolled in the program. So what will happen is all the classes are listed there. They're announced on the website Um, notes are posted the morning of the class. Um, Then they have the class, and then there's a bunch of activities that are going on. So we'll have the class, which is um, kind of a lecture, and then we start kind of going over practical stuff. Then there's a ritual during the month. That's the practical. Okay. So like I'll I'll have a lecture about something and they'll say, okay, this month's ritual is going to be about this Mm -hmm. and you want to start bringing this into it. So it's kind of like over the course of the month, then people are posting questions on the page Mm -hmm. and things like that. Then, you know, the recording link goes up. You can watch that class as many times as you want. I have a couple of students who are taking class who are like in, um, you know, Virginia or you know one's in Kansas so she can't be in person so we also film the rituals and they're all recording and basically a file and you can go in and look at any of them at any time mm-hmm. so if you wanted to do your own ritual at home but weren't confident enough and needed some ideas you have that ritual there to structure your own off of so basically even though it's in person you have this catalog that you can constantly go back to mm-hmm. and refer to so we started at All of them start at right around Samhain. So that's basically, we just do the, it's structured very much off of the wheel of the year. Mm -hmm. But what's the most powerful type of magic going on in that month? So like, for example, the one that we usually start with when we go into like um, January, for example, is um, that's a lot of people are putting out their, you know, their new year wishes and everything like that and kind of hopes. So I do a lot of prosperity magic in January. So I throw that in there and then there's Mm -hmm. something else, you know, like um, self-confidence is like another month. And then this is that, you know, we're always working on stuff. So um, it's always tied in with what's going on. So level one, they get all the basics, but also what's the most powerful energetic magic that you can tap into over the course of this month. Mm -hmm. And then they just kind of get to know that,
1: you know,
2: so when the moon's in this phase, what does this mean? So they're kind of getting all of that level two is interesting because it's kind of like the empire strikes back. You 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 really go down, deep down the rabbit hole and everything, which is my favorite of all of them, incidentally, Vampire Strikes Back is the best one. So anyway, uh, that one, we get into the 12 universal laws. So now I'm taking all of that that's going on, and then you're working a universal law. So naturally, January, okay, I was saying prosperity, law of attraction. Now you tie all that in there Mm -hmm. and everything else that's going on, okay? And then level three, we would take that even further and say, okay, now how does that relate to... Um, you know, you've got Law of Attraction. Now, what's the difference between working with Law of Attraction in terms of low magic, folk magic, or high magic, ceremonial magic? And what's something that you can design for everybody in the group to work on? Mm-hmm. See, so it's just, it takes it on. So I would say that, like, the uh, the level ones are just getting, like, hit from all directions. Level twos are really getting their hands dirty. And level threes are finally feeling confident enough to put their own expression on it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's basically how it works. And then they're constantly getting, you know, and they also the level threes work as mentors for the level one. So I will sign after about six months in, Uh, look at who's kind of going in what direction and the ones who are more like working with this type of magic they're a perfect match for this one the ones who are working on this are perfect match for this one Mm -hmm. so then the level three is okay what are you working on in your mentoring groups and how is that going and what are you facing so by the time that the level threes are done they have worked with people they have designed rituals they have done this they have done this i mean they are confident they are confident and that's the whole idea is i want i want somebody to be confident I want them to feel their own power, even if other if they don't, you know, like, like this, nobody's ever going to be 100% confident, even though there's still things that they have doubts about. They know where to go. They know who to ask. They have a good foundation to
1: work off of. I'm watching Gemini's face because it's like, there's so many faces and I don't want to like Come in. Is there something? It <laughs> just
0: feels like I'm taking like the best PD I've ever taken as mm. a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it like because you're you're saying all these things and do they translate like 100 into teaching in like a traditional like school setting teaching science? Not necessarily, but a right. lot of it does. A lot a of
1: it, it. Yeah, a
2: lot of it
0: does. And I'm yeah, just like, wow, yeah. And let me I tell you a lot about it.
2: And, and then the other thing is, is that I, I don't know. I have this thing with my teaching that. Anybody will tell you, and I say it's all the time, it's all about the food. <laughs> because if you think about it, yes. okay, everything, the wheel of the year is based on where are you in the agricultural cycle. So it really is all about the food. I'm yes. not kidding. So, and to me, that's like the most important thing in life anyway, is food. So, you know, was, I'll just sit there, you know, I'll go through this whole thing. And then by, the, by about three months in, even the level ones, when I get to that point, they always go, it's all about food, isn't it? So, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like, you know, they, they all start talking like me. And I'm also very blunt. You know, I'll say mm-hmm. things that, um, you know, they're TMI. I, I don't care. You know, it's just basically if you're, if you want to learn, I'm going to be in your face.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, I attract a very, very specific type of student. And it's usually somebody who's just, um, like, they'll walk in. And they go, everybody else thinks I'm weird, but I love it here. It's like, yeah, you're not weird. You're not any weirder than the rest of us. We are We could have a weird contest and I have no idea who would win. You know, it just, um, you know, you just got to be, you got to be willing to put yourself out there. That's yeah. all, you know, and, and have fun with it because some people will come in and they'll be all quiet and timid. And then within like two months, they're like, hey, I just bought this. You know, they'll come in with a unicycle show and it's everybody, everybody's like, yeah, you know, it's like, if you want to learn with me, you got to let your freak flag fly high, basically. You know, it's yeah. just, uh, and because it's a, just a lot more fun that way and we have fun. And that's actually why we call the shop light club because it's just like, you're a member of the club. You know, you come in, if you're a regular, everybody knows who you are. It's like walking into cheers or something like that. I just dated myself again. But, you know, I just, <laughs> <laughs> some people are going to be listening going, I have no idea what she's talking about, but that's okay. That's all good. Okay. You can, you can Google it. And <laughs> so, but you know, somebody will know you, you know, you'll come in, you'll, you'll, you'll feel at home and actually you are at home because you're walking into my home. Because my shop, I, I live over my shop. So I, I live all on the second floor there. So when you're walking into the shop, you are literally walking into my home. And that's why I'm always um I, I feel it just it's such a compliment when somebody says they love the energy in the shop because they're basically talking about my house. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, cleansing it pr- constantly and everything. And and I still, um, on the days the shop isn't open and I have to go down and grab something out of the shop and I flick the lights on, I still get excited. Like, I, I don't associate it with my house. I still like, ooh, I love this shop, you know? And it's like, oh, it's mine. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, that's the whole feeling. It's like, if I don't have that feeling, then people walking in don't get it, so I gotta fix it. So that's why people will come in and they'll be like, the shop's constantly changing. I was like, yeah, you know, it's organic. It has to grow, it has to expand. You cannot sit there and let, you know, dust collect, and just be doing the same thing over and over again because then you're not learning you're not growing and that's you know you are moving in rhythm with mother earth and mother earth grows
1: and so you better do it too i think what's great here especially that you're doing the online classes a lot of the times when we get contacted by people they say they feel alone and you're not just giving classes you don't just have a shop you have a community yeah. And that's what so many yeah. people are missing, especially if they don't live, you know, where they can find somebody. And you know, and sometimes people will say, Well, it's so sad, like that I have to go online. And I'm yeah. like, but you never know. Because like you just said, you have mm-hmm. people from all over the US. How do you know that it's not somebody who's your neighbor? Like, give it a shot. It's true.
2: That's true. Because you
1: you might find yeah. your tribe while they're in these other online tribes. So yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I me tell you,
2: I've had people I, I had one of my students, um, she's uh she's studying in and she takes uh, she's spectacular she's such a part of the community and everybody knows her but she lives in virginia but she's on all the online classes so finally she couldn't stand it anymore she drove up for beltane she got a she got a place and she stayed (laughs) and when she came in everybody was like ah you know like they knew her immediately even though she had never physically been in the shop she was just a fixture just as much as everybody else. And she was just like giggling, like, like I found my family. It was just like, Mm. it was great because I never had that. You know, as a solitary practitioner, there was nowhere to go. There was maybe one store in the area. It was nowhere near me. I went there a few times and I got stuff and that's, that's how I'd get my supplies and everything, but there was nowhere to go. There was nobody, nobody to talk to. Um, There were so many things like my, my learning you know, it was, a, it was at a nice, even pace and everything like that, but there was nobody to share it with. And I realized that once I started practicing with other people, I was like, how much quicker and more satisfying could it have been? just to have people to bounce ideas off of. Mm -hmm. Not even to do circles regularly, because some people, you know, sometimes it's not your thing. You don't want to be with a bunch of people. But, you know, just to have every once in a while come into the shop once a month and be able to bounce an idea that you have off of somebody. I have a lot of people come in who are regulars like that who don't necessarily go to ritual or anything like that, but they'll come in regularly, like to get, like they'll go to the magic bar. They want to have their mojo bag freshened up. Mm -hmm. I have a, a couple who comes all the way from Staten Island to do that. Every three months, they come at every turn of the season and they come in and they've always book a reading with one of our readers and I'm doing, I'm freshening up the mojo bags while they're getting their reading. And then they come out and they talk for, they they talk for about an hour and hang out. And then they have dinner across the street and they go home. So, and every three months we see them. And it's, it's really nice. And they've been doing that for the past uh, three years. So we have like these nice longs, and we've only been open for six years, I think now. It'll be six in uh, February. So that's pretty good, you know, considering.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. amazing. Yeah.
1: And I well, can't it's a testament it, so to you cool. and what you've built, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's just, really?
2: It's, it's, it's really It's just fun. You know, uh, my husband, he's just, and it's so good because he's, he's into it. You know, he's just as into it and uh, he loves the rituals and everything. And uh, he's, he's such a part of it. He's so into the law of attraction. So he's even done a few classes and things like that, but um, he's really more like the cameraman or he's behind the scenes and stuff like that. So it's so nice to have that support as well. And now I guess having him there at Rituals on a regular basis, now we're seeing more men coming into the store, which is also very nice because you usually don't see that as much. So um, now I'm starting to see like, you know, oh, you're going to have any classes for men? Are you going to have a? Yep. You know, that's, you want a class? Ask for it because that's how we decide what our next, what our classes are going to be for the next month. We wait and we just get questions. And I just tell whoever's working behind the desk, write them down. You know, whatever questions, you know, whatever they're asking for, whatever classes they want. That's what we got to start working on. So yeah, we're getting a lot of questions about classes for men. We're getting a lot of questions on um, empowerment. We're getting a lot of questions on um, what's the other one that I had to, um, Oh, um, a lot of people, their abilities are starting to wake up. So I'm getting a lot of questions about mediumship training. That's another one, you know, or any type of psychic training. So that's probably going to be the next one. And um of course, you know, anything, any training in any of the divination. So we have a bunch of uh, tarot courses that are going to start up. We have um, astrology courses that are going to be starting up. So we're going to have a pretty good catalog Mm -hmm. of um, subject electives is probably the best way to put it, you know, because it's a university. (laughs) So yeah.
0: Everything I've ever wanted.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the thing was, this is the one thing that I think I might drive my husband crazy with is I'm always thinking like five years ahead. Mm -hmm. So I'll say something and he looks at me like, how the heck is that gonna happen and everything? But see, everything is coming to fruition that I was talking about when we first opened the shop and he kept going, slow down. That's, you know, we we gotta, we gotta make rent consistently first Mm -hmm. and everything. But everything I was saying is finally happening now. So he's perfect because he kind of keeps me in the here and now. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of tell him, well, you know this is, but this is the direction we're going you know this is the direction we're going so yeah it's good to have those energies that's why you know, you can have that one that's all over the place but you have to have that one that's grounded as well yes. you know that's why you can have a gemini but you need a scorpio Absolutely. do. my mother is a scorpio so it's like you need a scorpio
0: <laughs> there we go oh
2: so, yeah <laughs> that's power like they mean business so. oh yeah mm-hmm.
0: That's, I feel like I'm the behind the scenes. I do like, I'm like your husband, like with the
1: camera and everything. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I
0: let Scorpio yeah, do she's the like.
1: Driving force. <laughs> yeah.
0: make it happen.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I make her crazy. I tell no, her. About you things. guys, she's it. like, not now. Right. Like later. You mean we're doing this later. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you you
2: have to, you have to yeah. see it. Yeah. Ahead, because if you don't, you know, and this is when I, this is actually what I teach with them, you know, kind of, Um, turning on one of your circuits. It's like, if you don't sit there and put it out there and ask for it and talk about this is where we're going, how are you going to get there? You know, by accident? No, no, you got to pave that path. You know, you got to make that happen. You got to start putting it out there. I can't tell you the amount of people I used to tell when I was in the little shop and I would sit there and I would go, you know, that's my house. I would point to where I am sitting right now. That's my house, you know, and it was, I don't even know if it was up for sale at that point. It might've been. (laughs) And we had just moved into another apartment. We had just opened up this little shop and everything. And I'm already saying, "Oh, that's my house, right?" And, you know. Oh, then it did go up for sale, and I kept trying to get my husband to look for it, look at it. And he would say something that I'm not allowed to say on here. I'm sure, you know. And, you know, <laughs> f that house. You know, every time I mentioned f that house, right? And then finally, you know, finally, after about a year, I think I got him to look at it. And of course, he was the one that second we went in there, he's like, okay, how do we buy a house? You know, it's just mm-hmm. that was right there. But, you know, you have to plant seed.
0: Yeah.
2: The seed. So, you know, and that's this is what you guys do. You plant a seed. You know, with a podcast, it's yeah.
1: a pod. You're planting a seed. You go. Yeah. So here's a question that I don't even know if I'm going to phrase this right. I feel like people, no matter where they are, they can always start again. And I think a lot of people might feel like, oh God, I've been doing this for a while, but I love what she's saying and I would love to take classes. Is that crazy for me to start at level no, one? No, not at all. Like, not
2: at all. I get that all the time. Actually, um, it started with uh, Reiki um, because, you know, I have such an eclectic background. And, you know, with the, not only with the martial arts, I'm also a a licensed massage therapist and I specialize in shiatsu techniques and traditional Chinese medicine and stuff like that. So when I start teaching Reiki, I start pulling all of that in there. And so my Reiki course is pretty involved. So what I do is I let, if I see somebody who is maybe wants to get certification in the master level, I won't make them start from the beginning. I'll give them the option. You can jump in and just do level three because sometimes they're in 10 years. You're not going to make it start over. This, this is not right. But after learning with me, they'll look at me and they'll go, can I do one and two with you? And I'll go, absolutely. Because I'll be talking about something. And I'll have no idea. They're like, I never heard that. And I said, well, you know, I bring in a lot of other things. So right now in my, my level ones were coming kind of on the end of their, their year in a day, um, three of them, have been solitary practitioners for years. One of them has been doing it for almost 20 years. And she's hearing stuff that's like completely different. Like she says, I never would have looked at it that way, but it makes so much more sense to me to do it that way. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful because, you know, she's just got that nice solid base, you know, then you get people have coming in and they've been doing something else for a very long time, like a different discipline. And they bring that knowledge in there. It doesn't mean they're a beginner, Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe they're new to the craft or something like that, but they're certainly not a beginner in terms of self-mastery. So yeah, I get that all the time, all the time. And I would say, because we pull so many things in, I'll tell you right now, I will say something you haven't heard yet. Mm -hmm. I will. You know, just because... I, I just say some pretty bizarre things regardless. So I'll just say something and I'll be like, well, I didn't think I would ever hear that in class. You know, so that, I might even say that. If not anything else, I think I'm entertaining. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I think that's important to tell people because I can imagine yes. people that are out there going, oh my God, I love this. Now what? Now they're going to tell me no because I've been doing question. this or... You that's know, so. such a good
2: question because I get people coming to me that they, they, they want to and they're like, but I'm not a beginner, but I want to learn. I'm like, yeah, you get in here, get your butt mm-hmm. in here. You know, i <laughs> just like, basically that's it. because, you know, you're going to help the other people. And, and, and I'm always throwing in something that's just not straight off of this discipline. So it's always something that's new to somebody. So it's going to make you a beginner in something regardless. And then you know, if you come in with something that I don't know and you start adding that to the mix, well then I start dropping that in and I start pulling that knowledge in and then you just made the whole class better. So a lot of times I'll see something like I'll be saying something and I'll see somebody nodding and I'll say, what do you got on that? And I'll make them talk,
1: mm-hmm. you know?
2: So, um, you know, and I've gotten people, you know, I, I don't put you on the spot or something. I make mm-hmm. sure you're comfortable with it and everything, but you know, I'm, cause I'm not going to make somebody talk. who doesn't want to talk, but you know, I'll, they'll pull it in there or, They'll email me afterwards, you know, and they'll say something and I'll throw it in there. And that's another thing I like to do with the onlines is because, you know, if you're doing Zoom, you can ask the questions in private and I'll tell them, put the question in private and I'll answer it. I just won't say who asked and I'll answer it to the rest of the class. You got to ask those questions because if you have that question, somebody else has that question. You're helping everybody by asking the question. You're helping everybody by coming in and deciding to learn. You're helping everybody. I would almost say if you're drawn to it and even though you've already learned something else, but you're feeling that pull, it's kind of like your duty to take it there because that's your, you know, that's that inner voice. That's that inner magic telling you it's time to bring this in. It's time to awaken that. It's time to do this. So, you know, if you're inspired by it, go for it. Now stop second guessing yourself. Go for it because you deserve to give yourself that. You should have something every day you wake up, you should be excited about, you should be ready and you can't wait to do. You know, it's, that's another form of self-care, not just getting enough sleep and eating. Giving yourself something to be excited about, giving yourself a way to stretch your wings spiritually, giving yourself something to wrap your mind around and be interested in. This is all self-care. And if you leave one of those out, you're gonna be depressed. You're going to be anxious. You're not going to be the person that you could be. <laughs> she's watching her face. I love that. Right? <laughs> she's so great. I love because, you know, I'm watching both of you so different. Like, Scorpio's like, yeah. You know, she's watching me like, yeah, she's focused, right? And the other one, she's just like, woo! You know, just. Yeah, like, I just get really excited. You're so, you're so balanced. You're so well balanced. Hi. Like, you know, Scorpio is such a good anchor. Gemini's like so excited. You know, just that you guys, and this is why, you know, yeah. you're good at what you do. Okay, because you bring out each other's magic.
1: Thanks. Oh, thank you.
2: You do. And Scorpio, you got your chakra colors on and I'm loving that and digging that. <laughs> thank <switch>. you. <laughs> yeah. Cause that that's just my thing. You know, that's my thing.
1: That's
0: I wanna ask, but I also mm-hmm. almost want that to be something that we maybe have another conversation about later because yeah. I know you know so much about chakras. Oh yeah. I don't wanna mm-hmm. have to like cut you off, but I wanna know. Oh yeah. You know, like, I want to hear yeah, yeah. it from, right from you because you are so knowledgeable. That's, yeah, things.
2: That that's probably another one. Yeah, um, yeah cause so when write I, it down, generally. Yeah, <laughs> write yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah seriously, <laughs> yeah. Because that's, that's, yeah, I... All of a sudden, just I, I was just people were like, oh, I don't know what kind of witch you are. And then they just people just start, oh, yeah, she's a chakra witch. So I just mm-hmm. start putting that up. You know, I actually have a, a website for it now, chakrawitch.com. So it's a little bit more detail.
1: Nice. Yeah. All right. There yeah. we go, Gemini. This is what we're yeah. doing next. I'm so yeah. excited.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cause that's that's a whole other thing. Because um, the way I do it, I do a course once a year for chakras and it's a, it's a two month course, eight weeks. And it's insane. I just finished it about a month ago and people are always like, how come you can't teach that more than once? <laughs> it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot because I do the class with you. So I can only, uh-huh. with all the other stuff I'm doing, I, I only have the time to do it once a year right yeah. now. So it starts in May? Um, usually it starts around May. Um, okay. See, what I do is I try to keep them six months apart. So all of my year a days will start around Samhain. And all of my, my chakra courses start around Beltane. Oh. So I try to do that. I try, and, and then I'm going to start two other programs where one of them is going to be around starting around Imbolc and then the other one will be around Lanasa or something like that. So I'm just kind of trying to cut everything in half like mm-hmm. that because the timing is important. Those are the biggest shifts of the year. Yeah. So that's when I do – that's when I start the classes. So I'm probably going to be doing a big um, – I'm looking into something more on like a big healing program and
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: just a little bit more detailed because I, I do, um, I kind of take it beyond Reiki. I, most people practice with me realize I'm doing more than that. So I'm going to do more of a, um, a detailed, like a healer masterclass. It's probably going to be starting around in bulk. And then um, Lunasa is like, I'm kind of leaving that one open. I'm waiting for that one to come to me. But I have a feeling that's going to be more of um, more of like an ascension, energy ascension type of thing, like learning how to raise your vibration personally and also bringing a little bit of um, psychic self-defense in there cause that's kind of a specialty too, with my background.
0: I gotta like take, I gotta make sure yeah. I pl- put them in my planner. So I, want- <laughs> I already
2: started writing stuff down, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cause I'm only doing programs now. I don't really do mm-hmm. the one-on-one classes so much anymore because uh-huh. that's really time for my uh, students to step up. I mean, there's, they're bringing in some beautiful things in there. And I've just kind of realized I'm at the point now where if I'm gonna work with you, I wanna really commit to working with you. So I wanna have you for at least two months you know, something like that. I want at least a six week program or, or, you know, something or an eight week program. I want uh, more detail. So I want it to be more of a journey together. And the classes, you know, we always have classes where you can kind of get your feet wet. I am doing one this month on crystals at the end of the month. And, uh, but little by little as it gets closer to um, Salwin, I probably won't be doing the little short classes anymore. I'm only going to be doing programs. But I have so many people coming in we are starting to bring incredible energy to the forefront. It's like it's their time to step up. And if you like it and you want to go a little bit deeper, then I'm your gal.
1: Awesome. So all this is on the website. People can yes. check it out. Yes. And we yeah. will post that on Instagram as well.
2: Yeah. It's um, mylightclub.com. And then you just, you kind of have to search because I'll have... Um, areas where I have like programs that's for people who are enrolled in the programs and they get their monthly dates for their classes. Um, then there's classes and you can enroll there. Then there's events, you know, there's a whole different way. We have a uh, psychic fair that's coming up on, uh, we do that every last Saturday of the month. Um, what's nice is it's going to be a full moon this time and it's going to be outside in our back courtyard. So, um, it's going to be from, yeah, six to nine. So it's like, we're basically under the full moon and uh, we'll have a cauldron going in the back. So anybody who does come, you get a chance to kind of write down any intentions during the cauldron while you're there. So you learn a little bit about that on top of getting your own reading and stuff like that. Cause you know, you might have guidance, um, an intention that you want to put out there after your reading. So we just have that offered as well. So there's always something going on at Light Club. You know, it's always, it's, uh, just, it's it's worth the trip, that's all.
1: Definitely. Absolutely. Anything else, Gemini? Because I have like one, like final kind of
2: thing. Of course she does, because she's good at the full circle.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're so good. You're so good.
0: I'm going to choose not to ask any more questions, because if I ask any more questions, we're going to be here for four hours. Yeah, okay. um, But I, I am writing them down. And okay, I okay good. Sure good we will be talking awesome. about this again because oh, I'm I would very yeah. excited about yeah. it. <laughs> thank,
1: okay. thank so you so much my last question is about the community because you yes. have been involved in the community for so long mm-hmm. what do you think are some of the things that are really exciting now that ha- has in other words what's going on in the community now that you're really excited about versus how things have been in the past
2: ah uh, um i think what's happening is there's a lot of new blood coming in. Like people are coming in that aren't as afraid to ask. Like I'm getting people in the shop who, um, you know, it used to be when people would come into the shop or people would come over for a class or something like that. Somebody referred them. Now people are just walking in. They're because they're drawn or they just feel like they need it or they just ran across a video or it's just something like that. Like they're not even referred to anymore. It's just like something in them is waking up and they're realizing that they need this. Um, I'm seeing people coming to um, like uh, the nightmare market, for example, people who had never gone to one before. You're seeing that. You're seeing a willingness. You're seeing more acceptance of that sort of thing. Um, people aren't, the stigma is not as strong so much anymore. People aren't as intimidated by it. Um, you know, there's still a little bit there, That, but I think that's a good way of kind of filtering out people who aren't as serious. So that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. But much more, um, you're seeing people starting to integrate it into their lives and coming in and asking questions. One of the coolest ones I had is I had somebody come in who basically just had heard about me, booked me for a counseling session. And she sat down and she goes, I think I'm a death doula. And yeah. And and when do you hear somebody say that? And then, and I said, and I said, tell me what you think a death doula is. And she went into this whole thing and she explained it perfectly. And I said, then why are you saying you think you're a death doula? You are a death doula. And, you know, and after she came in, A month later, another one came in. And that's not something that's very common.
0: No.
2: Okay. So what you're starting to see now is people are waking up and they're, you know, there's awareness coming in and they are not afraid to seek it out. And that's why the community is expanding so much. And it's bringing in, basically, it's becoming more acceptable to the mainstream, but to the mainstream that is willing to take on responsibility. Okay. I'm not, yeah. Not everybody's quite there yet. They still have a lot of healing to do, which is fine. Okay. But those who have been working on that, working on themselves, they realize the next step is community, less solitary, more community. Yeah. And that's what's so important about it because you can only do so much by yourself. The whole reason we're here is to connect. Okay. And whether you do it online, whether you do it on a podcast, whether you do it in person, All of them are equally relevant, but now is the time to find your tribe. Mm -hmm. And people are doing it. I I love her face. That's just great. Right. I'm just watching her now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just say things and I'm just like, yeah, and put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, you
2: know. Like, you know, it's funny. We, I had this thing going with my friend, is that every once in a while we'd start talking, and we we're just like, "That should be on a T-shirt. That yeah. should be on a T-shirt." But I, I miss most of them. But I, I honestly, I feel like if somebody quoted me on a T-shirt, it would just say, "It's all about the food." It's, <laughs>
0: that's. I'm keeping a list from the podcast. It really is,
2: yeah.
1: Just a all
0: list of all, uh, of all your. Oh, t-shirts. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> there we <laughs>
1: go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this is it. Um, don't forget to go online and check out all of their events, their programs, and their classes. Right? My Light Club, you said? MyLightClub.com. My Lightclub.com or But um, start out
2: at Light Club and, and start uh, branching out from there. It'll take you on a journey. Um, we are also, um, we have YouTube. Channel For those of you who don't, because I do live broadcasts on Facebook, but not everybody is on that platform. So we also do have a YouTube channel as well. It's still in its very fledgling phases, but we have a Monday meditation at seven o'clock every night. And that's basically to just kind of teach you to learn how to focus and how to start waking up all of your magical channels. And then of course, show and spell where you get to see the shop. You get to ask questions. Sometimes I do little readings. We have a little bit of fun. We get some guests on and things like that. So, and that's every Friday at seven. So.
1: I love it. I got to check these out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Facebook is usually the easiest way to catch them because you'll get the notifications and stuff. But, you know, for those of you who are not on and, Trust me, I do not blame you. Whatever way you find me is fine, okay? And whatever way I find you is just fine. It's the way, it it's always goes the way it's meant to go.
1: Awesome. Only thing left to say is thank you so much. We definitely oh, want to talk you. to you again. We're yeah. definitely going to do so this much again. fun.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. I just um, I, I just love what you guys are doing, and it was just such an honor to okay. be asked. So thank you.
1: Thank
2: Keep doing what you. you're doing. The community needs you.
1: You got it. Look at Gemini. She's going to cry. Not that guy. <laughs> I just on all her feels I love it I love the way you
2: totally called her on it
1: too not gonna me. cry <laughs> just great interview just she's talked so much about so many important things that I hope people will get a sense of all that she offers and get online get on her classes get into the programs I can't imagine a better person to learn from to grow with so Thank you again for doing this.
0: And definitely for those of you who are in the lower Hudson Valley, this is an opportunity to really get in touch with the magic that we have available to us because there is so much of it. I really hope that we will see you guys maybe in the future at light club curiosity shop. And until then, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Sean McShane for our intro and outro music. And remember if you're following
1: the moons, you're following us.